All right, you guys are live. All right, listen to the bro show. Today's bros are Christian, Alan, and Paul, and I'm so happy to see your ugly mugs. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, huh? Yeah. It has. Yeah. You look like you've lost some weight, man. What's going on? Uh, I have, actually. Um, I, I dropped probably seven pounds from um, maybe the last time we talked, which was. I, I hasn't Dude, been I dropped seven pounds taking a nice dump. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was. Yeah, that's that's what it <laughs> It took you four weeks to pass a gigantic dump. Jesus no, Christ, for me, man. It was, uh, no, usually I, I hang around about one, uh, 167 to 168, around there. But now I'm around. So specific. Yeah. But now I'm around like 162. Yeah, 160 to 162. Man, I fluctuate five pounds a day. Like, uh, I, can, no, I, I can jump between five, like five pounds within a day. I, I, don't, I think it would. Yeah, for not, not for me. I, I don't think I, I probably well when I joined the navy I was like one thirty five. Oh my god, which was eons ago. Yeah, that, when I left the navy I was like probably around one fifty five, one sixty, and jellyfish. I guess I've just I've just gained like a pound a year since then. <laughs> yeah, like have you ever have you ever um, weighed yourself before taking a leak, and then weighed yourself right after? No, you ever done it during? <laughs> no, neither have I. I, I don't know. should. That is a good idea. That is a great idea. But you know, you want to know something about the uh, about where I live? Okay. I don't own a. I don't own a scale. Really? That's surprising. I do not. Yeah. Why would I own a scale? Like I know uh, I like it, it's. If you if I feel like shit, I eat better. If I don't feel like shit, I eat like shit. Oh, like well, so. I guess for me, like yeah, like, okay. <laughs> For me, the scale has never been about uh, like my morale. It's just about tracking how much I weigh. You know what I mean? Okay, that makes sense. The original Fitbit. Yeah, I guess so. so. <laughs> the Fitbit. <laughs> the Fitbit. <laughs> but yeah, you should try it. You should try try to oh, uh, stand on the scale while you're peeing and see if the material balance matches. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, I. Uh, you're like, did I really just pee a gallon? That was eight pounds. <laughs> that was eight pounds. Okay, so. You want to fill me in on material balance? It's like, uh, let's say, if you have, um, what, what's a real world analogy? Okay, let's let's say an actual peeing. Let's say you're peeing into like something else that's on another scale. Like, okay, if if that scale goes up by fourteen grams, then the scale you're standing on should have dropped by fourteen grams. Should but have, then, but should have, but uh, like. A hundred percent of the time, it's never like a hundred percent one to one ratio. Yeah, like yeah, like other some stuff kind of other stuff factors in. So from yeah. from like an engineering standpoint, like temperatures, pressures, there's, chemical reactions, composites. There's never and, a one hundred percent transfer. Yeah. It's always there's something yeah, lost. Yeah. yeah. So like by me peeing, like if I was literally standing on a scale and peeing into a bucket that was on a scale. It should literally be one hundred percent. It's gonna be like ninety nine point. Yeah, like if you put the bucket, 7%. if you put the bucket, if you like start holding the bucket, gonna... it should equal whatever it weighed before, but it doesn't. That's fucked up. You're peeing in the bucket you're holding. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I would say you should be worried more about the more things than, than just your weight at that point. If you're peeing into a bucket yeah, on a uh, scale, I think you need to worry about material balance anymore. Here. You got bigger problems. You bigger. You got bigger fish to fry. So anyway, so welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show, Alan. Welcome to the show. Yeah. 
So uh, I know I've been off. I've, yeah, so I've I've been off the grid for a little bit. I don't know um, what's been happening with you guys since the last time you guys were on the show. Anything? Um, no, I think I think that last time, yeah. Um, really, we had the California trip. We had the California trip. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about the trip. So yeah. Um, the the after the California trip, we probably have not done we won. as regular of recording. We did one. Yeah. And then that was it. Okay. So I think we're all just kind of like getting our sea legs. Is that right? Back. So Yeah, cuz I cuz I saw I saw some messages that there were some episodes for me to edit, but they weren't um they weren't the regular weekly that we did last year. And you mm-hmm. know, and and then like it, it, some of the some of the people that were on the show were different. So um yeah so how was the trip you know i missed the trip i wish i was there oh um, it sounded like it was kind of short i was trying to yeah no it was it was good i'll I'll say my piece and then i'll try my best to kind of be a fly on the wall for you guys because i'm interested to hear you guys talk it might just be a bunch of silence because everybody just wants to hear everybody else talk (laughs) um but my trip was it was it was uh the last part was really good because that's when i I got to do the things I wanted to do, which was um, have a. We did this joint birthday party with with my two kids that, and we pinned a party in between both their birthdays. And then um, Paul had a chance to come out as well, and his wife also had a chance to come out, which for me was like, I mean, Paul, you're cool, but man, having your wife out, real treat. Yeah, I know because that's she never gets to yeah. come out, so it's like uh, exactly. It's good that she actually got to see everybody. Um, I yep. apparently I. Uh, uh, scared the living shit out of um, Christian's kids. Um. <laughs> that, yeah, that was not ac- that was uh, not that wasn't even uh, on purpose. That was accident. An accident. You weren't even. That was an accident. Yeah, no wonder you run a Halloween store. Just, <laughs> this is what you do. You just kind of. Right, so Alan, me. I yeah. uh, so one. I whose daughter was that? The um, the half white, half Asian girl. Yeah, that's a little um, bit older. That's my niece. Her niece. Yeah, let's say. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, Ryan's Ryan's cousin, cousin was like picking up Ryan, right? Like picking, picking him up with two arms, and I came over and I'm like, "Hey, this, let's just be funny, and I'm gonna grab Ryan by the leg and just hold hold him upside down." Uh-huh. Yeah, he wasn't expecting that um, from anybody, let alone <laughs> from any. From yeah, I think he thought he was like he he thought that his cousin was picking him up. He didn't know I was picking him up. And the next thing he knew, he's staring her in the face upside down. And he kind of, uh, uh, understandably, you know, was, um, started crying. startled, startled. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, put a real quick damper on the party. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. The fun, the thing is, the thing is, me and my wife seeing that happen, our natural reaction for some reason, we start busting up laughing because we know like he's gonna be fine, you know. Like Paul, Paul was literally like frozen, uh, bull in a china shop moment, <laughs> yeah. and then um, and then Paul's wife has her, she's just shaking her head in disapproval, like, and then we're like, our kid's gonna be fine, and we get this moment now where where we see Paul. Usually, you know, his demeanor is pretty confident and put together, and he was terrified. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm so like, because just... it's not like this is one of those deeply seated. This is a this is a cry, like 
<laughs> yeah, but that, it's not. It's not the first time that you scared a kid either. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you were in Houston, um, you might have been the first time you met our daughter Charlene. I don't know, but she was she was pretty young, like like to, to the young enough to where she probably doesn't remember seeing you at that time. But um, you had met her, and then we were we were picking her up. Like I was kind of picking her up, and then I was like putting her above my head, like as high as I could reach which is not as high as you could reach. So I was putting her as high as I could reach. She's giggling. And then you did it. Well, when you did it in, in the house we're living in now, the ceiling's only like eight foot high. So you basically pinned her against the ceiling. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. I literally put my hand on her chest yeah. and like pinned her on yeah, the yeah. ceiling. Like, there you go. <laughs> and then and then she wasn't giggling anymore. She, oh, was, yeah. she was like, it was like, it was like she was on the... She, yeah, she was like at the top of a roller coaster. Like, oh, we're about to get down the roller coaster. And we're like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I was like, I'm going to put you down now. <laughs> I mean, essentially, you were doing the same thing that I was doing. You just had a much longer reach. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't <laughs> expecting to touch the ceiling. That, and then she gave you that look like, why am I so far away from my dad? Like, Yeah. Like, well, and also, think about like for, for a height of, let's say, a two-year-old, the ceiling, an eight-foot ceiling might as well be 30 feet in the air for, from that perspective. So for her back to be touching it, maybe that was a little, like, <laughs> I didn't realize I was afraid of heights until now, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, there's the hard limit. That's, like, yeah. the hard stop right there. I mean, there. even us, like, and I'm even, on it. even, like, us, when, you, when you're when you at, like, uh, you see a building or something, <laughs> and you're like, oh, let, there's, like, three or four, four floors up, there's a balcony. Well, now, if you go up to the top of the balcony and you look down, you're like, man, this kind of... Kind of, yeah, it's a lot higher. Like, yeah, so that's, that's probably what she thought when her back was pinned to the ceiling. <laughs> Alan, Alan, you know something about looking down on balconies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, why do we got to bring up old stuff? <laughs> oh, no. Paul, did you know that did Paul that story, my infamous uh, jumping off the balcony story? No, I of don't. The, yeah, of all the weird, because that's usually one that my dad tells to everybody. But when we were like 10, do you remember we used to live in a house that had a pool table in the, in the upstairs loft? Yeah, yeah, and, I and then you could see downstairs like the TV and like the mini bar area and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was around ten, um, a friend came over, and we were up there like uh, just like drinking juice or something on like looking down at the at the TV. And the, the thing, and the, uh, the friend was like, "Hey, if um, dude, if it, if like your parents weren't here, I would totally jump." Like, yeah, I guess I would too. I don't know. Like, try, try to be cool, right? Well, then. Another time we went over and no one was there. And so, so then like hesitant, but we were kind of like, we're not going to get this opportunity again. So we laid out like some pillows as if that was going to cushion our fall. <laughs> Cart- cartoon yeah. shit. Okay. I'm surprised. Yeah. We didn't have like an Acme springboard or something. Did, 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 I was going to say, did you have an anvil too? Or what? Like- <laughs> so, so we're, uh, so that ceiling I was, I, or from the upstairs to the bottom, I think it's probably like 10 feet, right? And um, so first we climb over the rail and then it gets, it looks higher when you're on the other side of the rail. And then, so I, I, I believe I went first, but I didn't jump from the top. Like I, w- I was like hanging off of it as if I was like an action movie when you're just like trying to save yourself. So I was like, my feet were dangling off of it. So my, my original jump wasn't 10 feet. My original mm-hmm. jump was probably like four, seven feet. Yeah, six, oh, six okay. you know, like however tall I was. Five, five or six I was feet. Say, like... Yeah, okay, half, half the distance. Yeah. So I jumped down. He jumped down. Then it's like, dude, let's do it again. <laughs> so then we ran up there. Well, now we're like, every time we do it, we're like less and less fearful of it. 
and so now we're uh, we're we're jumping from the t- like feet on the carpet to feet on the bottom floor. This is WrestleMania, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. off the top turnbuckle, yeah, yeah. off the top rope. <laughs> so then the top so, rope so, too. Jesus Christ! So there's a twist to the story. <laughs> so when it's just me and this one a other friend. Ankle. Well, yeah, so you know, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> so when it's just me and this other friend, uh, we do it like three or four times, and then we're like, all right, well, let's stop because either we're going to get in trouble and also it's kind of getting boring because it's just two of us. We're doing this, you know. It, okay, we've done it. Fine. Well, then, like, another time we go over with a third friend. Well, this third friend is kind of heavy. And <laughs> so, again, parents aren't home. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I see where this is going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so parents aren't home. So like we try to get a friend tries it. And one time he doesn't land properly. Like for the jujitsu guys and that are listening, he doesn't break fall when he does this landing. <laughs> he breaks something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so then Yeah, so it's it's like instead of break falling. <laughs> yeah. So so then we're like, dude, well, we gotta get you out of here. He's like, I, I can't move. I can't not only can I not walk to get out of here, we can't move. And you know, so we're like so I, I, we're now we're just like three ten year olds just sweating bits and I'm like, dude, I gotta call my dad. Like, uh we got we gotta do something. We don't we don't know what to do. And then so um I call his work, uh the receptionist answered, hello, how may I help you? Oh, yeah, I'm his dad there, please. Uh, yes, one second. Like, yeah, you know, can you tell him it's really important, please, is his son. So then then the lady, the receptionist Oh, is yeah, gone. wait, wait a, wait a, yeah. wait a, pour some gasoline <laughs> on that fire. <laughs> so, hey, hey, can you tell my, I know we're home alone as 10-year-olds, but hey, this is his son and it's really important. Did he turn to like Will Ferrell at that moment? Like- so, so usually, let's say my dad was like just at his desk. Usually he picks up the phone like within the first 10 or 20 seconds, right? Well, this lady's gone and there's silence for maybe three minutes. Like, so in my mind, she had to like interrupt him out of a meeting or something. Like, oh, excuse me, Dan, um, your son's on the phone. I'm sorry to interrupt, but your son's on the phone and I, he said it's urgent. Something like that. I don't know what happened, right? But she's, she's gone for an eternity, right? So then finally, you hear the clicking of the phone. Right, and then and then you know my dad doesn't say hi. He's like, "This has been good." <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture that thing. <laughs> so and and the tone and you know now as an adult as a father looking back at at that at, at what he might have been experiencing at that time, his tone was part curiosity, p- part um like concerned father, like nervous like <laughs> yeah concerned father, but but oh but it was it was also curiosity and it was also like. This will be humorous later on. Like, like let's see where this goes, type of thing. So, so then, like, yeah. So, we we had made this again. Three dumb ten year olds made up this crap story that he fell off the porch when he, they were just walking me home, and then because he fell and snapped his ankle, we dragged him into the house until we could get some help. Like, which is the story that we made up. They were like, "Hey, yeah, Dad. that's the worst. That's the worst story." <laughs> it was like, "It's like we, we don't want, we don't want no witnesses. Yeah, we, could, we don't want no witnesses." So because of course the, we couldn't, this we couldn't drag the body that, in. Uh, he's hurt, injured. When you know we're about to get sued or whatever, and it's our fault. We had to tell him that it was an accident, as if that was going to help. Again, think of that being ten years old. Yeah. So, so then he's then he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I'm um, keep Cleveland there. Um, I'm on my way home. I'm going to call your mom. Maybe you might want to tell him to call his parents or something." So now, so all three of us are like, all right, I think he's cool. We're the clear. <laughs> so then he goes, 
until then, I guess he calls my mom. The kid that has the broken ankle has uh, he's calling his parents. So four four parents are coming. The other kid, he's basically just kind of scot free. Like he's just like, all right, it's not my house. I'm not the one that's hurt. Um, I guess I'll just hang out just to see where the show goes. But he's yeah, probably like, like, yo, guys, I told you this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> like when I tried this shit, that didn't happen. Yeah. But fat fat fuck over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so- so that so then uh, the the parents come in right, they assess the situation. Um, he's he's laid out nowhere near the front door, right? You remember they lay out of the house. I mean, it's toward the back of the house. So so then like the parents are kind of looking at each other, and I'm pretty sure no one believes our story. But the that doesn't matter. The, what matters now is getting the kids some help, right? So they end up nine one one call, just a conventional nine one one from a landline, um, and they're like, uh, and so and so the nine one one call. Yeah, we got a, we got a kid with a broken leg, you know, and then. Um, they're like, all right, I guess they know the address. It's landline. And so while we're waiting, then each of each of the parents are like, so what happened, man? And so we all have this story that we think is like bulletproof, and it's totally not, right? They can just cut through like, <laughs> and then they all pull us like in like different parts of the. They they get they they ask us privately. They ask us like all together, and we're all kind of nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, then um, the paramedics came Straight up interrogation and they had to write style. a statement, right? And then they're asking the parents, like, okay, who's the owner of the house? Whose parent are you? Okay, what happened? And so then the, all the parents are like, well, according to the kids, the this kid was walking home, this kid was walking and tripped over this thing. So then the, the, the paramedic is basically just writing the statement, like, okay. So now another person that probably doesn't believe the 10-year-olds, right? Well, he just has to write what the statement is. He just, okay, witness says that this happened, right? So then um, the, the kid gets uh, called off to the hospital, like, through the ambulance. The parents go with him. And then for me, the worst part, now that they're gone, I'm having to be like, crap. Now I get somehow I got to tell them the truth or they're going to find out the truth or something, right? Like the, it's not like crisis averted once, the, once they're gone. <laughs> so um, I like it gets blurry as far as how the truth comes out, but eventually it comes out um, and in a very painful way. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of what we're doing. I can't trust you. Like they, they took away the, like my house key for a year. Because like the the uh, the routine back then, back then was just walk home from school and then just do your homework or eat snack or whatever until mom and dad get home. Well, now it was like hang out in the front of the school until somebody comes to get you because you're an idiot. Well, now- so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wow, you got grounded from your own home. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> it wasn't. They're like, you're grounded. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't go to your room. It was get out. <laughs> Go to your hey. Go to school, <laughs> and then and then so and then part two was um, okay. So, uh, get on the phone right now and call that par- the parents of that other kid and tell them what happened. Like tell the truth. So that you know that was a very not fun phone call, but um, the parents weren't home because they were at the hospital probably. Yeah. How <laughs> so, how, how did Mark take that by the way? It, so what's that? No, just kidding. I was what, like, what'd you say? How did Mark oh. pick that? I didn't, I, yeah. I'm like, is it someone? I was like, is it someone you still talk to? Or, like, but yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, no. yeah. So, so, no, yeah. Uh, yeah so, when, so we ended up going to the hospital the next day. Um, like my mom took me to the hospital the next day. We were gonna. What was wait? What was that kid's name? By the way, are we gonna? We're gonna do this? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Just, just, the, just, the, just, the, just the first. Sorry, just. <laughs> You guys, you guys gotta be kidding me! <laughs> just the first, just the, no, just don't the even first, go with name, the first name, dude. man. That's a bad idea. You're, you're I right. spent yeah. all okay. year last so, year editing. Fat fuck friend, triple F. 
Fat we're gonna take Freddy. we're gonna take a sidebar <laughs> real quick. I edited every episode of last year, and I spent so much time editing out all these freaking names you guys wanted to blurb out, and now I gotta disclose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there, that was a misstep on my part. So I'm I'm doing terribly at this job. Your, this this uh, debut <laughs> debut uh, for uh, <laughs> producer <laughs> debut for for Mister what's his first name over here. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so basically, so they so they uh, we we go to the hospital, um, and, and at first it's like, hey, so how's the how is he? And then while we're asking how he is, the parents say, um, you know, last night once we got to the hospital, um, the the kid um, he he told the parents what really happened. So basically, I when I was telling my parents what happened, I guess he was telling his parents what what actually happened. So. By the time we got to the hospital, everybody knew the truth. But um, and that's the day he stopped eating Doritos. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is the uh, now that I think about it? Um, what is the weirdest punishment you you've ever received from your parents? I mean, I'll, I'll like I'll I'll open because you made me think yeah. of mine, and then and then I want to hear yours. But like, I remember. Like playing soccer, uh, like soccer with a little soccer, <laughs> yeah, not a real soccer ball, about. but like with a little plush ball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Fuck. Go ahead. Wait, you know this too? Now I got to hear this. <laughs> okay. So I freaking, I, I kicked, um, so I kicked the ball and, you know, obviously uh, it's basically like a big freaking pinball, right? Like machine that's you just bouncing random shit, like could be knocked over the house. So I end up damaging this <laughs> dude. If you can I see Alan right now, I'm dying the, over yeah. there. <laughs> so he can probably tell the story better than I can now that I think about it, because he's so in his in his feelings right now. But um, you want me to try it? Yeah, go ahead. It? Yeah, go go. All right. So ironically, this happened just downstairs from that pool table, second floor, like the yep. first floor, just below that. There was this uh, area behind the couch where there was like a, a, a back doorway to the breakfast nook and a front doorway, doorway back to the hallway. So me and Christian, being young soccer players, we wanted to play a little indoor soccer there. The, the One doorway was his goal, one doorway was my goal, right? So uh, we had this little stuffed soccer ball. We're playing soccer, you know, one-on-one on these doorways. Well, to the to, on one side of the soccer area was the couch. On the other side, there was a little barstool area that goes to the kitchen. Um, so in the, in the little gap, instead of bar stools, my dad had plants there, like little house plants. Yeah. Just kind of for decoration. Well, we didn't really care that they were there. We were just playing soccer, like through the house plants to the point where we like effed up the plants. Like, cause we were just <laughs> like the ball would go there. And we would just kick it. Like, cause they were plants. We didn't know like what, what was damaging or not. It's not like glass that can tell you it's shattered or it's fine. It's a plant. So, I mean, what is a plant that is damaged? What is it when it's pretty? We didn't know, you know? And so he gets, he, he comes home, like there's probably soil on the carpet a little bit. The plant has probably a certain formation and it's deformed. He goes, what happened here? And we're like, uh, oh, we're, play, we're playing soccer. And, and the, you know, the plant's like freaking terrible. So <laughs> he's pissed, right? Yeah. He's like, what the hell? You know how Cause, well, like, yeah, he's, he was, he, he takes pride in taking care of these plants, you know, and they're actually, it's pretty nice. I'm plants in the home. I'll admit I, I own a home. I don't really have any yeah. real plants. Maybe I have scars, yeah, but so, go ahead. So, so these were his babies, right? Uh, so he's like, 
uh, first he just yells at us, just yells like incoherently. Tasmanian devil yelling. And then once he's done with that, he's like, you know what you guys are going to do? You're going to sit there, you're going to talk to that plant, you're going to apologize, and you're going to make that plant realize that what you guys did was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like the most end up timeout you ever heard of. It wasn't just going to a corner. <laughs> Wait, so he, he talked to an inanimate object yes. like it was a person <laughs> that you yeah. offended. We get over there, like, and this, and I, I, how are you not laughing? No, we're not. I mean, like, no, the it, entire it's, time. it's scary. At the time, it's scary. Because we're There's, terrified. We weren't laughing at all. I mean, because he, he wasn't. Yeah. We, can't, we can't make it worse. What else is going to make us do it? We start laughing. He's going to make us bring, in, bring it to bed or something, you know? So, so then, so then, hey, now, so first we're like, is he serious? We didn't know. And he's like, turn around, go, don't do it. You know, so like in the background, maybe he's he's talking to my mom, like, what am I going to do with these kids? Or maybe he's like laughing at us, like, maybe if he had a phone in his hand, he's recording. We, we didn't know. <laughs> he's laughing. He's he's winning it on. Yeah. He's winning on rope star hip hop. Like, like look at these idiots. I don't know. Like, plants. <laughs> he could be he could be talking to his buddies like you know at the water cooler the next day in the office like Check hey Dan how did how to go how's your weekend. <laughs> It's like you'll never, you'll never, re- you'll never get like, you'll never know what I got my kids to do. <laughs> Can you imagine if like your dad and all his friends at on their breaks every day would just show each other videos of fucked up things that they would make you guys? Do? <laughs> no, 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 no! You got to see this one. He's talking to a fern. He, he's talking Dude, to a fern. I don't, and I don't know if it made it better or worse that we had to like. We had to be there together talking to it. Like, if it let's say it was just one of us. It was just Christian talking to this plant. At some point, he could probably just, like, create a little conversation in his own head to where it's, it's kind of a comfortable scenario. But now it's, like, two of us talking to this plant because our dad is about to rip our heads off. And so I remember we're like, um, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's like, well... What else are you going to say? Yeah. Because we, we didn't know. Or it's and like... We were, like, justifying it to the plant. We're like... Yeah, because we we were playing soccer over here, and we because like we like we didn't know like does the plant can the, did the plant see what happened like, or did the plant just wake up and realize it was hurt? And like, when is this going to be done? Like, what's what's going to be enough yeah. of a of a thing to be like? All right, I'm satisfied yeah, with this thing. Yeah, you know, he didn't tell us to do this for two minutes. Do it for two hours. He just said do it. So we didn't know if we were going to spend the rest of the night talking to this damn plant. And so we're just so I remember there were there would be like moments of silence a little bit where we both of us ran out of stuff to say, but then we would just have to think of just and then you look at your dad. No, we, well, I, I don't know about you, Christian. I didn't look up. Like I was just looking at the plan. I was kind of too scared to look around. No. And so yeah, mm-hmm. but then when there were these dead spots, then one of us would just come up with something retarded, like yeah. So um, I guess tomorrow we'll we'll check on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, a, a buddy of ours actually broke his leg, like, not too far from there. And, and we called 911 for him, actually. Like, like, the historical lesson of, hey, I know you can't see beyond this couch, but here's what's been going on for years beyond this couch. <laughs> was this, how, how far, how um, close was this in relationship to uh, your oh, base to the jumping? Ankle thing? I don't know. Um, 10, 15 feet? No, no, no. I think he, I think he means time-wise. No, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think we. Oh, I don't think I don't we put two and two together. Was, really, yeah. I, I, don't, know. I know Christian didn't because was this before or after? Was well, this before or after? Well, it, it was. It was within. It was with. Let's put it like this. It was within a yeah. year's time yeah. frame. Within within the same twelve months. 
Oh yeah, your dad. Your dad. That's that's probably your dad. Your dad doing that to you guys is him like not knowing what to do with you guys. <laughs> like he's like, God damn, these fuckers are jumping off the fucking off the goddamn balcony, and now they're smashing the plants. Fucking, you know, talk to the fucking plants. Like, talk to the plants. I got these two sociopath sons that don't even realize what punishment is supposed to do. <laughs> this, these ten, this, this, this kid, this kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they just lied to us about tripping on a balcony, <laughs> and now they're breaking. They're playing soccer in the house, like. And our pets' heads are falling off and everything. <laughs> and then, dude, so this, this, so the, this last little bit, I don't know how he didn't start laughing, but he still, he still like, so, so he did end it at some point, right? We probably talked to this plant for like mm-hmm. maybe ten minutes, I guess. I don't know, something like that, right, Christian? Yeah, it's, it seemed like forever, it was, it was but like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But then, like, so then he, so then uh, he called us over. He's like, "Come here, both of you, come here." So then we, we went over, and he goes, "So what was the talk like?" And so now we're having to like. <laughs> What was the talk like? Like what? Like what? He, he wants to know what the conversation was like. <laughs> was was the plant mad? <laughs> so he, yeah. So so now we're having yeah. to describe this ridiculous conversation to our dad. So I don't know how he didn't start laughing, but he he didn't, you know. And so I, but I remember I remember saying so. Christian are both like, do you, do you want to go first? Or? <laughs> So, so he, um, I, I remember at some point in our in our discussion, I said something like, um, "Yeah, so we're really sorry," and the plant seemed to accept our apology. Like, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I think there was some kind of response. Oh, wow. There wasn't any any oh, debate wow. really yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was right. weird. Uh-huh. So I, I, I don't know if you remember. Well. So in, in ninth grade, we had a uh, biology class, and um, there's a lesson on, like, photosynthesis and how, like, carbon monoxide, you know, is what it needs, and, like, it gives out, like, oxygen, right? And the example they give is, like, yeah, so what you can do is you can talk to your plants, and then they'll give you oxygen. And, I, like, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, this hits home. <laughs> like, oh, you, so that lesson came after the thing. <laughs> I mean, years, a few years after, but that thing was still, you know, in my mind. So little did you, you didn't know your dad is like the Doctor Doolittle of plants. No, you really need to talk to the plant. You need to talk to it because you've obviously like ruined it. Yeah. So if you talk to it, it'll heal. Yeah, you're giving it regenerative <laughs> powers or something. That would, if, like if that happened today, I would think so. that Dad would have saw that on a meme and then took it literally or something. You know, like. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I thought you were, I, Christian, I thought you were going somewhere different with that. I thought you were going to tell him the thing about no video games for a year. But this was much more, this this was much, was more, much more bizarre yeah. of a punishment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, Paul, what you got? I, I, I've been racking my brain since. Um, <laughs> I've never gotten punished ever, so. Yeah. No, like a lot of my punishments have been, have been just like video games taken away, being grounded, um, you know, the normal stuff that works on normal kids. <laughs> yeah, I've never, like, I'm like, I've never had to talk to a plant, you know. Um, they put me in the hole for I a mean, week. That was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> you guys never go to yeah, the hole. Yeah, you know, I've just been, you know, beaten like an immigrant. Yeah. Um, let's see. What were you going to say? A normal uh, one for us. A normal one for us. Because we, so, 
like so after what? the age of like three or four, uh, our dad never really hit it. Like he would uh, kind of no wait what, what, like, what? Re- no it's like yeah when, when seven we really, eight oh, okay well I guess so. But what I was gonna say was what well, what he would do like our our normal punishment is at the t- back when we were taking kung fu he would make us dress in kung fu gear and he would make us do kung fu for like two hours. That was like a, a form of punishment for a while. How's that punishment? And like sounds awesome because it, no yeah but not this not this kind of training. Oh no no no! Yeah. So we're sitting in stance. Oh, okay. Basically, is what we're doing. Like we're not we're not doing fun shit during the kung fu. We're like sitting in a horse stance. Like drilling. Like, it's like drilling. You know, like in martial arts, ten minutes there's like or whatever conditioning. Then there's like creative application, and then there's like drilling. So we would be drilling for okay. like two hours, which wasn't fun. I and then yeah, so that was that was usually more of a normal punishment when he wasn't creative. I remember there was one time when I was, I think I was 13, 14, maybe 15. I don't know. Somewhere I, I was, I was either in the end of junior high or the beginning of high school. I think it was the end of junior high. And, uh, I don't know. I said something like my mom said something and I made fun of her and I like, you know, in a, in a really rude way. And my mom like storms over and she's like ready to like spank mm-hmm. me. Right. I'm like 13, 14 years old. Right. And so she raises her hand and I actually grab her arm. <laughs> mm. Whoa. Right. And I was, and then as that, that moment, I realized I was like, okay. just taller than my mom and had like 40 pounds on her. So then I'm Jeez. like, Oh, <laughs> and so I held her hand with the other arm and I started tickling her. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, what are you doing? And then so I actually picked her up <laughs> and like hell? body slammed her what? into the bed. <laughs> and, and and I just started laughing at her. Like I was like wrestling with her. I'm like, ha ha. What the hell? <laughs> she's probably thinking, this is not the way this is supposed to happen. <laughs> and she's just getting more pissed off. You know, and I'm just dying laughing at some point. And then, like, at the end of it, I was like, yeah. hey, mom, you know you can talk to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, once I, like, realized how much bigger I was than my mom. Like, And my mom's not small. Like, my mom, my mom's 5'6", yeah, for a Filipino sure. woman. But you're you, you're huge, dude. Like, you're 6'2", no, just, just six feet tall. Six, you know, but then, like, once I got, okay. I, I was 5'8", eight in eighth grade so yeah that okay. was yeah and then i think i hit six feet in 11th grade so yeah that was that was probably the funniest time it was like when i actually just picked up my mom when she was trying to punish me <laughs> i think uh, yeah, yeah i, I, I don't really think know. i think our mom wasn't really i can't ever t- think of a time that she was like intimidating and she would say like i'm gonna get your dead like it was kind of too easy for her to just outsource the punishment to dad. <laughs> oh no, it was that was uh, my mom and my dad did not did not defer. Oh really? It, whoever was pissed, that's who came at me. So it was never. Oh wait till you get wait till your dad. No, my mom just dis- dispensed it there. Oh really? If oh, my yeah, yeah if my dad was pissed, then he would dispense it also. <laughs> so <Double jeopardy. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, oh, oh dad, dad, don't worry. Mom already took care of this. <laughs> oh, okay. And then it'd be his turn. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, I, lesson learned twice. So, yeah, no, our, our mom, yeah. uh, from, from my experience, from what I remember, my, our mom was kind of more of a, 
it was like a substitute teacher environment when we were with her. But we always knew that my dad was a phone call away. Yeah. So that's how my mom kind of checked us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she had that much going for her. Which, right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was planned. I mean, in retrospect, it probably wasn't because none of this parenting stuff is really that planned. There is a plan, and then you just divert away from it whenever it doesn't go right. <laughs> I felt like they they had pretty, they had, they wielded pretty good control over us, though. Like, not like how it is these days when I hear about stories about kids and parents and the dyna- the power dynamic of kids over their parents. Uh-huh. Like I don't think there was much of that shit happening yeah. in our household. Um, until well, maybe until teen yeah. years, but then that was they, like, dad just switched it up. He just like mellowed out. I've had this weird thought for the last probably twelve months that a lot of my childhood and like a lot of my upbringing has been really instruction based because, like, in our in our household and um, when we were in school and even like our extracurricular stuff. I felt like my creative juices were never really explored. Like I never, I never opened up the can of creative juice because I was so concentrated on following instructions and I don't necessarily. Right. Being obedient. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was more the goal of the time was just kind of like somebody like some guardian, some either the parent or the teacher or some, some role model, somebody that's looking after us was giving us something to do. And our goal was to do that. It was never like, okay, Mm -hmm. not, not never, but. I don't recall. It was very seldom the time when you're like, hey, what do you think you should be doing here? And you should try to do what you think is best for your situation. Like, I think about that. Mm-hmm. Let's explore. Or, or even, like, go ahead, Paul. Let's, I was going to say, like, let's let's explore what your thought process yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've done that, like, a lot in my adult life because you have to. But that transition was, it was a really steep learning curve for me. And I think it's because it was such an unexercised muscle. That, that just like remained dormant through all of my childhood. And see, like the one thing I like with growing up with my parents, like they made it very evident to me early on that they were immigrants in this country. And a lot of the cultural things that me and my brother didn't uh-huh. understand, they also didn't understand. Uh-huh. So we had to figure a lot of that stuff out. And so if I would ask my, like asking my parents for advice on certain things going on, like within school or what's hmm. going on, they're like, that's a good question. But they don't, they don't answer it or anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's like that, that was their answer. They're like, oh, we that's don't, a we good don't have, question. We don't have, yeah. we don't have, a, we don't have advice for you because we don't that's know a- how, like, how do your friends do it? Like how, you know, so we had to do that early on. Like there was no instruction there because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I like, I think the, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but where I grew up in, in Simi Valley, mm-hmm. like uh, the population, 65% is white, 30% is Mexican, and then 5% like sprinkle of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the culture is very different. Um, you know, people, you know, I remember going home and I remember telling my mom, mom, there's a homecoming. What is that? Mm-hmm. And your mom didn't know either, right? My mom's like, I don't like. I've never gone. I've never. See, I, I don't know. That's interesting because because you, you, our our parents also, and so they they also did not have answers to the, those similar questions that we were asking them. But their response, like your parents' response, was that's a good question. Our parents' response was that's the wrong question. <laughs> like, 
maybe you should be focused yeah. on i was yeah, thinking to myself that too on this other like i never i never recall hearing like that's a good question so go ahead al yeah because like my parents oh. would just yeah. be like you need to figure that out yeah like, and again it, like okay. yeah, there was nothing all, all all of our parents you know were just trying to do the best for us and for the family but like i like i guess our parents oh um, yeah what their strategy evolved into was i don't know the answer to that question so I'm, but here's, a, here's an answer that I do know. So maybe I'm going to try to lead you into asking this question instead. You're right, Christian? Is that how well, you, see, I don't there know. Was something, yeah, I mean, let's say if we were to take that example of the homecoming, right? If I were to be like, hey, uh, what's homecoming? And then their answer could be something instead of saying like, that's a good question. They might be like, I don't know. I never went to no homecoming. <laughs> like, so it's like, <laughs> they're like, so you're not going to homecoming mean, or whatever, you know? You mean, what's your homework? <laughs> that's what you're yeah. going to be doing later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, you know, there was just a lot of things where, you know, um, I remember uh, there was, like, as I, I would ask my mom and dad, I'm like, what do I need to learn how to drive? You know, because I'm 14, 15 years old at this time. And they're like, we don't know. That's a good question. Like, I guess they're like, what, yeah. do the, what does your teacher say? What does the root, what, like, you know, find the booklet find the driver's manual because they're like we don't know you need it so a lot of i remember a lot of my childhood was if i had any questions i knew that my parents wouldn't always have the answer so a lot of times i just looked a lot of that stuff up myself so mm -hmm. i had to become resourceful immediately that's a that, i mean that's a cool trait yeah. it's a cool trait to have and they, they, they probably it's unintentional it was unintentional like, like it's not like my parents don't yeah. get me wrong it's not like my parents didn't try mm -hmm. you know it's not like my parents yeah. didn't try to help me but like i knew that they were just as new to like this culture as i was mm -hmm. i wonder if so that but trait, then i'm actually trying I, I was gonna say i wonder if that trait is is like gonna become more rare because the resources available to find any answer is a lot more accessible to anyone now, especially adults. Oh, Siri, Siri, and Alexa guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's That's what's it. homecoming? They never, they're never, they're never gonna challenge their kid to go find the answer. Here's the answer, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's um, I I I realized that that was early on. I realized not so. I this I I'm I'm definitely not wording this right. And I, like I said it in my head, it doesn't sound right, but I'm gonna say it anyways. But I'm sure you guys can help me figure out a more eloquent way to say this. I couldn't rely on my parents for answers, you know. And that sounds hor that sounds horrible, but it's not. Okay, so yeah. Well, no, I have a stab. I have a stab. I have a stab at it. Like, um, it, it, you didn't you didn't rely on your parents being like the singles authoritative yeah. source for everything. So you'd have to reach out. And, and explore other avenues of, of authority for certain topics right. or certain things, you know, whether it be uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, the parents of a friend of yours books. or like it's a teacher books. or something or like, like my mom or, or um, books. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, like it's a long time ago um, at Ralph's. There's a Ralph's next to our uh, a supermarket next to our house that mm -hmm. uh, was selling volumes of the, of the encyclopedia. Yeah, at the grocery so store, it was ninety nine cents wow. for the first for the first volume, mm -hmm. and then every week they gave you the next volume, and it was I think it was ten dollars. 
So then that way you could buy an yeah. encyclopedia set from A all the way to Z. Mm-hmm. And my parents bought every single one. Like, I think there was 20 different volumes. And okay. you got to remember, this is before Google. This is before... Um, well, way the, this before. Is the, this before, is the, before, before the internet, right? Yeah. So I remember having access to an encyclopedia set. And me and my brother probably went mm-hmm. through those like cover to cover. Because we're like, we have no, like, we don't know any, like, this is, this is our Google, you know, but it doesn't mm-hmm. update. And if it's not in there, it's not in there. Yeah. So, you know, but I remember how much of a priority my mom took into making sure that we got every single, every single Which was cool because volume. I think like one of the side effects was while you were looking for the answer to your one question, you were also passing through answers to all the other questions or even creating other questions to then find those answers to. You know, where that, whereas if she would have just told you the answer, then it's like, okay, learning opportunity, gone. You know, like from that aspect. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, I remember I was talking to uh, a mutual friend. Actually, we all know this guy, Bobby Nelson. I was talking to him. And uh, we were talking about, like, there was some road that went from mm-hmm. Torrance to, like, a kind of a, a neighboring city, like uh, Cerritos or Bellflower Downey or something. And then I'm like, yeah, just take uh, this road. And I think it cuts all the way through because I've seen it when I'm in that other city. And he goes, no, it, it stops, like, uh, in between. And then for, like, three miles, mm-hmm. it, it, um, the road doesn't continue. And then it continues on after that. I'm like, how do you know that? He goes, oh, well, when me and my brother were um, growing up, we used to study Thomas guys. Oh, that's the same thing. Like, you know, the, that old yeah. map that just that just comes in a book. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, we used to just look at those. And um, and so through that, I just realized. And so it was kind of weird to me. Like, what? So when you're bored, you just you just look at a map? Like, oh, someplace that you're not going? You know, honestly, <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time my parents, like, uh, I don't know if the, you guys ever had this happen, but, like, they would drop all the cousins off at one house over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then they would rotate houses. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would spend like a week at my Tita Ani's and then a week at my Tia Tang's and then a week at my uncle with my uncle Renee, a week with my uncle Ernie or whoever was available. Mm-hmm. And they would rotate. So that way all the kids and cousins could hang out. Like, so over summer break, there's like eight weeks. So then like for six of those weeks, I was with my cousins. Right. Um, and of course we'd all bring our Nintendos, the original land party without the internet. And, um, but I remember my Tia Thang, she, I think she's starting to become a PA. And I remember mm-hmm. when we... Is that a, a physician's yeah, assistant? Yeah, physician's assistant. And I remember when she wasn't okay. able to, uh, or when we didn't have the Nintendo there, she all I had knows. was the PA manuals. So I re- I, all I did was look, I remember all the flow charts of how to diagnose... Wow. A through like Z and I would just go through pages yeah. and pages and pages and it's all, I mean, I was like 10 years old, 11 yeah. years old and I'm like, well, yeah. there's no TV. There's no Nintendo. Like, Oh, I you know, something. <laughs> that's another reminds So me. I literally poured through these manuals for like weeks. Yeah. Straight. That's, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's how yeah. I learned about sex. I found like, cause no, cause they, <laughs> of course there's like, you know, parts on intercourse. So I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is this? I didn't know it was sex 
until later. Like I knew what intercourse was and like, I'm like, okay. And then there's, of course there's diagrams. Like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, okay, sure. It was clinical for me. It wasn't like naughty. It wasn't forbidden. And I'm like, oh, there it is. It wasn't, it wasn't intimate. Right. No, it was just, mm. no, that's what this is. Yeah. That, no, that reminds me of a thing where one time, uh, grandma Lydia, she babysat, oh, God. Yeah, she babysat me and Christian. <laughs> Wait, I just weird that you went from like, Sexual intercourse, no, being no, no, no. sex to grandma. grandma. I was starting the story before you started talking about sex. But... Is this Pornhub? Well, <laughs> when, you, when you're talking about like just being bored, and then you kind of just ran into something to do, even though it was not really your interest, but just because it was better than nothing. I remember when we we were so we were being babysat, and there was nothing to do, and we were being babysat by Grandma Lydia, and we ended up calling nine one one. Because oh, I did that. I did that. On we my did, but we didn't know, like, because we were really young, like. Maybe four or five, like six, even, seven, even younger. Oh, and yeah. so we didn't. No, I, did I don't even think I knew what the phone was too. really. And so, but we saw, yeah. you know, on, on all the landline phones back then, it said like in an emergency, dial nine one one. So we thought that was like instruction of how to get an open line or something. So we're like in emergencies, like, like when you really want to talk to somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is an emergency. I'm bored. <laughs> no, so then, then yeah. uh, right, and then like the cops had to come to the apartment or whatever. And investigate why some kid was calling nine one one, but yeah, so that was it. So the the, um, the boredom can go. It's, it's not always constructive, right? Oh. It, just, it just goes where it goes, and then um, that's a seed planted into whatever direction. Yeah, so that's the um, you guys are bringing up a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and I know like my wife, it's it's actually probably why she became a librarian is because of her her thirst for knowledge and her first one of her first librarian jobs where she was just an assistant and she was shelving books if you know like the Dewey decimal system the books are shelved in non for non-fiction books the books are shelved by topic uh-huh. by subject and then by author of that particular topic and so it was it would be her as she's shelving books putting books back on the shelf she's actually pulling other books out of the shelf because they're in the proximity of where she has to work, but they're yeah. interesting topics and they're interesting things to, to think about. And so, um, and, and I think maybe she was fascinated by the way things were, were organized, right? Like if I want to find some, so, some, some uh, information about a certain topic, the library has something. It may not have everything, but it has something on every topic, which is kind of, I think, fascinating. And today's, um, I guess the equivalent of it is, for me, the closest thing to it is is YouTube or, or uh, well, well, YouTube's a good example where you, you can go into these YouTube black holes because you're watching a video, but then you have things like recommended or related or things like that. And that is uh, a digital equivalent of that other books on the bookshelf type thing. Um, what's even, even in, uh, even like referencing when, if you're listening to a podcast or something mm-hmm. or if you're, or an, a regular book, it'll reference like some other piece of literature. Like, yeah. Oh, this came from this article or whatever. I'll do that when I'm reading ESPN articles sometimes. Like they'll mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. Oh, back in this article, they reference this, but then there'll be a link to click on the other article and then I'll read through that one. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll say something like, uh, you know, uh, they'll be like doing like a special on Kobe Bryant, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah," and then when Kobe said this, and it's a hyperlink, yeah, exactly. and it's an article to something else he said, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but you know, like, awesome. I'm not, <laughs> just, you know, yeah, but oh yeah. yeah, that's how we. I think that's how we gain our 
our breadth of knowledge is is through those those dives or not dives but like those kind of browsing it's really what it is right so if the browsing it gives you kind of like if you can imagine diagram like you're getting a breadth of knowledge so it's wide and then diving is when you're actually going deep into something um and so like yeah because an indicator of what you're truly interested in right because there there are going to be some hyperlinks that i don't that i don't click on i'm like yeah okay there's a link there but i guess i'm not interested enough to explore that little rabbit hole right right well i think we we fall in love with uh, specialized knowledge mm-hmm. uh, a little too much now and we lose out on that browsing uh, facility the ability common to, common sense the common knowledge common sense sort of stuff yeah right yeah. uh I'll, I'll admit i'm pretty dependent on on my phone or let's say the gps functionality of it to to be where um i might not even know my own city because i'm using the gps to just go everywhere i know so you know how to get to specific places that sort of thing right yeah. but yeah. As a as a traveling as a traveling nurse, like I will use GPS to get around, but typically I only need to but use yeah. it once. Like, oh, I need to see Mrs. Jones again. Okay. Then I know exactly how to get there, because you know you learn the layout of the city, you learn the major landmarks within each city, and like mm-hmm. you know they had me covering you know sixty sixty mi- sixty miles. So like I might w- drive through about a dozen cities, and I'm gonna have to know which patients are there. I, that's all without going through GPS at all. So you know mm-hmm. I could plan out my day just by remembering where to go. I, I think for some people, like it sounds like for you, Paul, you can use a GPS but still be learning the route in the area as you're using the GPS. Where for some other people, I think yeah. they just blindly follow the line, and then yep. yeah, that's and, my and wife. Like I equate that to because even before GPS. It would be like, hey, let's convoy here. Oh, follow me, right? And then like you're following somebody else to get to some place, but they don't know how to get back. Like, look, you drove here too. Like you know, like I like I feel like if I followed you somewhere, like within reason, another like someplace within 30, 20 or thirty miles, if I followed you anywhere, I could probably find my way back from there because I'm also learning the route as I'm following you. But for some other people, they might just be like a passenger in the car, or, like a, a metaphoric passenger, where they're like, look, you're the one that led me here, so I don't really know how to get back. Like, Are you kidding me? You didn't know that we went west. Yeah, or like <laughs> that we took this freeway or <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that that drives me bonkers. But I understand that like a sense of sense of direction necessarily isn't you know that's not a strength for a lot of people. Well, and- yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the thing I was going to add to that, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, is uh, <coughs> what I'm doing when I'm doing that sort of stuff is. I'm kind of augmenting my my knowledge or my uh, my mental bandwidth and saying like I'm not gonna worry about this. I'm gonna let this technology worry about this thing so that I can. Yeah, I was I was gonna say something focus similar. on something else. Yeah, so because I, can I like, intentionally I, like, not I feel like yeah. Go ahead, Paul, and and usually with me too. I am curious about the path, and I am curious about the the space because I do want to learn that part of the area, but. For people that 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 don't learn that part, I don't I don't think that it means, um, they're not learning something. Like they're probably focused on something else, or they're curious about something else during that time. The the thing. So the alarming thing for me though is uh-huh. not doing that shows me how present you are. <clears throat> uh, it can. I, I can. I, I can I, Do you know I, what I'm saying? Because like that. for me, like, call me paranoid. But 
if something happens and I need to walk home <laughs> yeah. and I don't have yeah. my phone, yeah. like I know that I can rely on my sense of direction and the what I've gathered during my trip so far to get yeah, back. I mean, and that and I, like like I said, that's me being paranoid. Like I do that because I feel like if something were to happen to where I don't have technology, like I actually convinced a buddy of mine who's a Boy Scout yeah. to teach me how to build the fire. Yeah, because I'm like, what happens if electricity goes down and I need to either eat or I need to get warm? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, like I know, like I know that sounds paranoid because. And to to show how paranoid I am, knowing that I know that I I know how to build a fire, I still keep uh, lighters, like big sticks. Well, yeah, but like, um, think about this though. Let's say that the 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 other type of person that didn't learn the route, didn't learn how to get home, didn't learn how to build a fire. Let's say they do find themselves in that situation. I I feel like that situation would be the most efficient way they would learn that skill. Like, let's say that Boy Scout never taught you how to build a fire, and you're in a situation where you needed one. Like, I, I, I feel like you, your survival instincts would teach you how to survive, whether it's to learn how to build a fire or to learn how to find warmth or to learn how to, how to, how to survive, right? Right, right. No, you're, you're, see, but for me, I've always valued, hey, if I've done it once before, yeah. And I know I don't have to worry about learning it later. It's, so uh, I'm going to, to take me, stock like if, in that To me, to now. use a jiu-jitsu analogy a little bit, I feel like it's kind of the same as like uh, learning how to defend against like uh, a certain submission or a certain sweep um, before you have to learn it through having it done to you. Right? Like That or learning the submission. Or, well, and, but this from a defensive mindset, it's like, uh, let's let's see. Like, let's say I'm okay. I'm I gotta keep both arms inside the person's legs in order to prevent the triangle, right? One way is just to be taught it through the fundamentals class. Hey, either both arms out or both arms in. Another way is to get triangled. <laughs> yeah, and then to say, all right, hell, next time I'm gonna keep this other arm in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and for me, being paranoid, I don't want there to be a next time this happens. I just want to yeah. be prepared. I want to yeah. be prepared. And that's so. Uh, it sounds uh, like it sounds like what I'm hearing from you, Paul, is. Uh, fundamentally the the debate is between whether you're going to be sort of a, a jack of all trades so you want to learn as much as you can uh in a, in a very you know basic sense or if you're going to have really specialized knowledge in one area but in order to do that you're going to sacrifice even common knowledge in a bunch of other areas um to which my, my feeling is that there there's gonna, I think there's got to be some balance of that because um, I don't know if the the specialized if, if you're too specialized then yeah you just kind of you're kind of like a, you're like you're like an idiot you're, you're like a, you're like I can do brain surgery but I can't tie my shoes <laughs> it's, uh, yeah I can do brain surgery I, yeah like a not the, that's extreme I, I get that's what you're trying extreme. to say. But, but yeah. you know, yeah, I understand that there has to be some 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 kind of balance there, and it's uh-huh. one of those things where, um, after being in the military and knowing the different environments I could possibly be exposed to, 
I want that the breadth of knowledge. I want a very wide breadth of knowledge, you mm -hmm. know, and knowing that it's wide lets me knowing that how, how wide it's gotten since you know, <laughs> in my, my, my old age of 36, you know, I know mm -hmm. I can, I know I can apply that to other new things I can pick up. I know I can pick things right. up. I was, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that is a skill actually is the ability to, not have a fear of new things because you're like, well, here's a lot of other skills that I've picked up on my, in my journey, right. in my life journey. And so my ability to pick things I, up I, is something that I, is a muscle I can, I, I can rely right, on. Right. Right. So, but yeah. like, and see for me, like trying to, for me, the uh, challenge is like, can I anticipate a, a situation to where I will be stuck? And if I can learn how to unstick it before I get stuck, I've already won. Okay, Al, what were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I was going to say, um, <clears throat> I, th I think that, uh, first of all, I think that when you use the word paranoia, I would call that preparation. To me, they're similar things. They just call it, you know, you just use two words to describe the same thing. Paranoia is like to a negative, to negative, connotation. negative connotation. Yeah, but um, to me, it's yeah. like, so I, I don't think of it as, an, as a negative trait. Not in the ones, not, not for someone that was interested in building a fire if they might need it. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, to me that's not negative. But anyway, I was going to say, um, the idea of knowing that stuff, I feel like it, it, it makes me question do you think that, like, do you believe that you are capable of preventing the next time in like every conceivable situation or every reasonable situation? No, no, but like, I, I think, but. So knowing how to unstick will also show me like if shitty situation A occurs yeah. from steps one, two, three, mm -hmm. one, avoid step one. Two, uh -huh. don't let step two happen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like those are my biggest, like that's my thing. Like once I see shitty situations, I'm like, hey, why don't I just avoid that situation altogether? That's like, you know, you know, common martial arts stuff. Don't stand where you can get mm -hmm. hit. Don't. Yeah, or I, then another martial arts one I was going to say was if you're, um, the more you know about how to fight, the less likely you are to be in a fight. Right, because you know it's mm -hmm. never good. Because you're not going to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, yeah, just don't put yourself in that situation. But like, so, yeah. you know, I can't imagine the circumstances that have to be so dire to where I have to actually build a fire without using a lighter. I, ke yeah. I keep a lighter, but I am prepared to do that just in case that lighter doesn't work. Do you also keep, you know? it, I mean, yeah. like, do you also keep an umbrella all the time? or like I have a poncho. And an emergency well, yeah, I think Okay, so I think I get what, what, um, what Alan may be getting at or the, uh -huh. what you were leading me to think as well is that <laughs> there is a cost to that mindset. And the cost is that there will probably be a fair number of things that you will learn that you may only get one use out of or no uses out of. And so therefore one could argue, is that even, is, is that worth your, <coughs> your investment it get, to learn those things if or, or, you know, go ahead. That investment has led to, uh, for me, greater peace of mind. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing how uh, unpredictable life and this world could be, the more things that I have prepared for, the less things yeah. I have to worry about. 
So it's funny that it's funny that Alan mentions an umbrella because it's like an umbrella for me is like insurance. And that's essentially what this is for you. Like it's not like knowledge yeah. insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go no, ahead. Al. Sorry, I, I, say, I cut you off. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I also think to, to add to what you were saying, Paul, about being prepared for like what life might throw at you. I think it's also being prepared for what your life might throw at you. Like the type of life that it seems like you're leading what, you know, like as far as traveling a lot and kind of being on your own and being an explorer and putting yourself in like certain situations, like, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a much more adventurous life. Um, but the, to, to like, one of the things that comes along with the adventurous part is exposing yourself to certain like, uh, unorthodox hazards that you might need to be prepared for. Right. Like if I, it might be like, a 1% chance that I might need to build a fire without a lighter. But for you, it might be like a 5% chance or a 10% chance mm-hmm. because of these certain situations that your life is, is built around. Right. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah. you're, you're like, so for instance today, um, so I just, I was going to tell, I, I cut myself off while talking to Christian earlier because I wanted to get to this. Yeah. I, something new, I bought a new camera body. Um, you know, I, I dropped quite a pretty penny for this camera body. It's uh, it's it's a pretty substantial body, does a lot of cool shit. Um, you know, it's gonna move me move me up in uh, photography quite a bit. Um, but the thing is, is it, it has um, two memory card slots, and all my what anything I do where I get paid money to shoot my shoot photography, I always have two memory slots, and whenever I pull the trigger on my camera or I release the shutter. Um, it writes those two image files. It writes the image file into two different cards into the main and the backup. Right now, the thing is, is these back, like this camera is, uh, is, top, is brand new. It's top of the line kind of stuff. So it uses a higher standard of memory card. Right. So, mm-hmm. Uh, it uses an XQD card. An XQD card is a different kind of format. It's not like the SD cards, the standard, the standard little chip, right? Um, you guys, for your cameras, if mm-hmm. you decide to use a camera, an SD card will be just fine, right? I can't get a standard SD card, right? Mm-hmm. I have to get a, a SD card that's going to handle the speed of this camera, right? But so I have to get an XQD card, which is the first slot, and then I have to get an SD card, okay. a specialized SD card for the second slot. However, in my experience, if I only buy one set, one will fail. What do you mean? One, one of the two, you mean? One of the two cards? One of the two cards. Is that just kind of like a, like a Murphy's yeah. Law type thing? Murphy's, and the thing is, I thought, I don't know about you, man, but okay. I was always taught in the military, everything fails. Have a backup. Two is one, one is none, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Did so, you not? I, yeah, I, so you can do that, but you also have to acknowledge that is the most costly option. Exactly, but here's the thing. It's that peace of mind. So what did I do when I bought this new body? I have memory cards, but again, they're not up, they don't support like mm-hmm. shooting with them kind of uh, that's like putting a, a V4 into like an S. It defeats the purpose almost of having the new body. Like Ex- right? exactly. Okay. So these memory cards, like one memory card is 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I had to buy four memory cards. So, uh, I think you're getting at something here though, which is to say that 
when you what like there's a there's a total cost of ownership deal like when you when you consider buying something like a camera body uh mm-hmm. in order to use it properly you have to insure it properly or you have to put the proper amount of investment into it so this is what drives me crazy is i'll watch photographers go into a wedding with one camera body okay and and one memory card yeah so they're they're playing on a much different risk profile than you for the amount of money i charge for an event or wedding yeah that's not allowed to happen maybe that's maybe that is what allows you to command the uh the rates that you charge no it does yeah no it does and but that's but so for me i imagine again this is you can call it paranoid if you want i imagine the worst possible scenarios Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I, I have to safeguard against those steps as much as possible. So, so, so I don't think that's a, I think, I think we could say we could consider that a best practice, but really more than that, what I'm hearing is that that is congruent to like just your personality, your brand of photography. Like that is part of what you bring to the table then. Uh, and, it, you, and it's what you're most comfortable with. Do you well. guys carry EDC kits? No, because no, I don't even know what that is. So, okay, so there's a community. A there's a community online. It's EDC. It's everyday carry. Everyday carry. It sounds like guns. I don't know. It, it can be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so is is it like a a standard thing for everyone, or does everyone have everyone their own has stuff their own stuff? Like, they're... so I have my own EDC. Uh, there's actually a website, everydaycarry.com. I'm on there a lot. Not me personally, but I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. at different stuff. I'm gonna look. Are you talking about like like my phone and my wallet and my keys? Could that be my EDC or? That's your ED. That's by definition that is your every you, what you carry with you every day. Yeah. I actually have a backpack for my EDC. Okay, I didn't know this was an official term, but that's cool. I guess I could say I have an EDC. It is my wallet. My like I could tell by pocket, right? Like my wallet, <coughs> my car keys, my cell phone, my work badge. Let me ask my you. My laptop. So, in my EDC, not only do I have a Swiss Army knife, mm-hmm. but I also have a real knife, and then I also have a multi-tool. Yeah, I don't have any of that stuff, but that's based on my trade, I think. I don't know if Alan might have any of that stuff. It's not not something I carry every day, no. Like if so my, like, they, mine is just the yeah the three the wallet and the phone and the keys and my wallet sometimes don't even have cash in it. It's really more my driver's license and my credit card. Don't you have like a flashlight thing or no? Me? Uh, yeah. Why did I think not you that have I, a well, not that I carry or... every day on my phone? I have one, like everyone does. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I guess I was thinking more for workwear, so. Oh yeah, workwear. I have a bunch of crap that I yeah, like my my. Would that not count as the EDC? Well, I guess yeah. Well, to me, those are hard hat, work boots, a sharpie, a flashlight. Yeah, that's like a work. That's a work kit. But like, I carry this backpack with me even when I travel, if it allows. Like, there's a part of my EDC that's like in my backpack that I take out of my bag if I'm flying. Oh yeah, I don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like so my EDC I actually have underwear socks, I have uh, flashlights, I have uh, glow sticks, I have batteries, mm-hmm. I have 
rechargeable batteries. I have um, the usually I keep my wallet, my keys, which my keys has my my Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also have like um, uh, like a pencil. It's like a mechanic, not a mechanical pencil. It's it's in the form of a pencil, but it has screwdriver tips in it. So, uh, okay, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure. out, I, I think I'm getting. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Um, does that have anything to do with like what other people should have, or like is the point you're trying to make more about like your preparedness relative to other people's preparedness, or? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your no, there's no should, there. there's what's no should there? because everybody's EDC depends on what they will encounter. Right. Like I call it my EDC because I take it to work. But then like when I go out and go, go out into the town with Tiana, I also, I also carry that, you know, I carry what I, I have a EDC bag to carry a lot of the essentials. But if I know where I'm going, certain places, I still carry certain things. I always try to make sure I have certain things on me. So when shit happens, I'm ready. Do you, um, hmm. how does complacency come in to, to play for you as far as like everyday scenarios? Cause it sounds like you're, you're usually, I, I hate to use the word always, but it sounds like you're pretty much always ready. But then doesn't that mean that <laughs> it's, a, it's a boot camp term, right? <laughs> always ready. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. That was unintentional. No, but I mean like, don't do you and do you ever encounter scenarios where like like you're not ready even though you meant to be prepared for everything um, some curveball comes that one yeah, day yeah there's that this one time i needed to make a fire <laughs> but no <laughs> no you know what you understand my question though like yeah i get it i get it um have I ever uh like been surprised with stuff yeah there has been and you know those drive um you know, I, 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 you know, I, I've, I understand that kind of shit is it's life. That's what happens. But, um, you know, you, you try one, you try to evaluate how you got to that position Two, you have to see how those steps like lined up. I had two kids. That's how I got to that position. <laughs> Go ahead. But like, uh, it's one of those things where, um, like there have been tools I've bought that I'm like, I can see myself using this in a situation that's not going to be very, this tool isn't so special. Like this tool will cover a lot of scenarios I can imagine yeah. in my head. It's not so specialized where there's only one use for this. Okay. Okay. That's where I was going with it because yeah, some of the stuff, it sounds like you carry. I, like, I feel like if I carried it, if, there might be a, a such a small window that I would need to use it that even if that window came up, I might forget that I had the thing. <laughs> like, oh no, you don't forget that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, can I pitch an alternative to you, um, in terms of because we're talking about preparedness here, and really what that means is, um, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, having the stuff, in my opinion. Uh, because I think, uh, to, to kind of flip it on you a little bit, I think the way I do it is as long as I have access to the stuff, then I would feel basically as prepared as 
a person who has this stuff as as owning it, right? Access yeah. and owning it are kind of right, right. So, for example, um, I do not pack when I travel. I do not pack a deodorant because it's over the freaking three ounce thing or whatever, typically, and so. The hotel has one. Yeah, either that or I'm just going to go – I'm just going to end up going to a Target at the place where I land, and then I will get that stuff. I'll, I'll, you want to know a secret? Go ahead. I stopped I stopped using deodorant in the military. Okay. Okay. Thanks for the hard left. That wasn't my point, but I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So, so that is not in your just, EDC, right? Like, no. Not what if somebody needs a deodorant? <laughs> like what if there's a deodorant needing situation? <laughs> Can't call me. <laughs> oh, my my EDC kit actually has like a small um like a small vanity bag, so it has shampoo, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, um like travel size ones, and it's all inside. So quickly, like, what's with pack. the deodorant? There's, I feel like there's more to the story why you stopped using it since the military. I stopped using it because I found that it never worked. <laughs> like I use antiperspirant, I still sweat. I'm like, what the fuck? And then like, you know, and another thing is like. It's like it's funny. deodorant smells good, right? Because it, it, it's supposed to to mask your smell, right? I'm like, why wouldn't if like if I'm if I smell, I'm just gonna take a shower. I'm not gonna rely on deodorant. Like if I take three showers in a day, I'll take three showers. I, so I don't I don't think of deodorant that way. I think it, it I think of it as delaying the release of your smell. But that's the thing is like when I sweat. So with girlfriends in the past, I would test them. I would be like, do you know what deodorant I'm wearing right now? And they would be like, oh, yeah, it's this one. I'm like, I'm not wearing deodorant. None of my girlfriends and even my wife. Like my wife was like, you don't wear deodorant? I'm like, uh, I do. What do you mean? She's like, oh, it's just uh, I, you haven't bought any. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't for the last 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because like I said, the moment I start to sweat, I just hop in the shower. That's cool um, if your work allows that or you're like the scenarios that you're in allow for that. Well, here's another. Okay. So you want to talk about prepared. It's like, so what are situations where you would be sweating like that? Um, I don't know. If your friend just broke his ankle and you got a lot of the paramedics, you're (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Alan, can you explain what's going on? I'm in the shower. Um, I... As soon as I get out of the shower, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll explain how my, my friend broke I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go but, uh, take a shower right now. I'm sorry. I, I gotta go take a shower real quick, Dad. I'll be back. Yeah. You might hand me that plant with some carbon dioxide. <laughs> yeah. You practice my speech. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, oh. in terms of the uh, preparedness, it, it, I, I think we, whether it's, whether it's physical things or whether it's knowledge, I do think that. You know, being being a worldly gentleman, if you will, uh, is is something to be desired, and in, in and it can be accomplished in in various ways. So, question for you guys. Sure. So, do you guys have a do you have an EDC kit in your car? Do you have an emergency kit in your car? If the answer to the first one was no, then <laughs> if we didn't even know what it was, then I don't think we have one in the car. I remember the only thing. I, I have in my car is a jump starter in case my battery dies. 
And then in the car itself, which most cars do, I think, you know, you just have your a jack with the spare tire sort of thing. So I went to no flares or no cones though or anything. So I went to Costco and Uh they had a thing. It was like 29 bucks. It was jumper cables, like uh, emergency triangles, I think. Uh, uh-huh. flashlight, headlamp, you know, gloves, poncho, all that other fun stuff, you know, in case you have to do stuff in the rain, because uh, it rains so much in California, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it's an emergency kit. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've hey, had to you, use it. Well, the fact that you've had to use it, that's, I mean, and, and I'm glad that you have it there, but... Um, Did you have to use it because you had it with you? Because I can't tell you how many times I haven't had to use one that I don't have. No, and that's the, the see. That's the issue is I've had to use it for other people who needed it. Like I can't tell you how many times people have approached me. Excuse me, do you have this, this, and that? Because I'm stuck, and I'm like, I do. Oh uh, yeah, I don't help them. <laughs> <'Cause I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> not not, but not not because you're a dick, but just because you can't, right? You're like, like you're oh like, no, man. Hey man, do you have jumper cables? You're like, yep. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Paul, that you don't have a pickup truck. Oh, maybe you do, but I don't know. Um, like, because a pickup truck, I feel like people who own pickup trucks, unless they work in construction, the the Which reason they tend to own pickup trucks, yeah, is so that like <laughs> somebody I have a helicopter license. That's that's <laughs> actually, I, that's actually the reason why I don't have a pickup. Because then I know what happens. People go. It happens a lot. If you if I I'm, on my Facebook, like, hey, does anybody have a truck I can use? So so Alan then just gave yeah. you a pro tip on how you can reduce the number of uh, emergency <laughs> situations you can What's contribute that? to, which is don't have that EDC for your car. Oh no! Like I don't tell people <laughs> I have what I have in my backpack. Um, like, like I said, a lot of times, like I said, the vanity kit, like, yeah, but if you look like a freaking army ranger, when you walk out of the door, then they probably know you have an EDC. No, they, I just tell them it's got, it's got my water bottle on my laptop. Interesting. When you, before, before you said the thing about the, uh, the Costco kit, I was thinking about, um, so in the NBA, I used, when, when, when we were watching the nineties, I used to remember, um, this, uh, you remember Eddie Jones played for the Lakers for a little oh, while? Oh yeah. 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 From Temple. Yeah. That's right. So one of the things I remembered about him is whenever he would play, there were no sweatbands on his wrists. There was no like knee guards on his, it was just basically his, like he just woke up in his uniform, put some shoes on and went to go play. Is what, is what he looked like. Like, like other, other players, they got the goggles on, they got the headband, they got the wristband, they got the arm sleeve, they got all this stuff on. And for Eddie Jones, it was it was just it was like he would just go into the backyard to shoot hoops. The backyard just happened to be the Great Western Forum. So in his case, like as far as the just in case stuff, if he if he was sweating, he he just wasn't using the, the the sweatband to wipe his sweat because he didn't have it. Like I don't think he was less prepared. And and also I don't I don't discredit the people who do have that stuff because like Hakeem was one of my favorite players. He had like two knee pads, two wristbands, like two like he 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 was in my mind, at the time, he was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh man, I I totally get. It. I look, I, it's a matter of preference. Like I like yeah. having that stuff on me because, like I said, I find there be times where I find myself <laughs> my, my find myself in situations where it's it's handy. Yeah. And you know, if it if I can if there's something in my bag that saves me a minute, that's a minute that I get back. Well, it's, what's funny is I th- I feel like like say the the guys that you help, 
one of them could have been Christian because he, he would just have access to that stuff because he knows you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I don't. That's like, like I don't. The the whole um, ideas. <laughs> How many times have you helped me move, Paul? <laughs> There's the access. <laughs> got it. Nailed it. <laughs> I don't need a screwdriver. Paul's got one. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, now I, think, I don't I know, it's... and I'll admit that probably that probably is not fair for you. Oh, and I don't like I said uh, you're an exception, but like there's a lot of times where people have asked me for stuff, and I'm just like, no, I don't have it. Well, mm-hmm. what I think, like, like there's no there's no reciprocation <laughs> there. What I think is cool is sure that's I, fair. I, I once I once read something about um, Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell, that it sounds like Paul. I feel like you're doing something that he said he does, and somebody asked him like, what what made your Celtics so great? How come you were um, always winning and stuff? And he said, what he used to do is. He would scout his own team, and he would look for weaknesses in in the Celtics and whatever weaknesses they had, and then he would tailor his game to try to um, make up for those weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. And so his game evolved based on what he thought the weaknesses for his team was. And for Paul, I think one of the things that you might unintentionally be doing is seeing that you or the important people around you might – need to um like might need to get through some situations where you could help them through or yourself through because through your observation there are situations that it'd be much more difficult to get out of without the help that you provide sure and that's also like that's also very consistent so. uh with the that is the one of the that is the main strength of the jack of all trades uh kind of I was an archetype or type or whatever is, is that, that by being, you know, um, Jack of all trades, they call it, they could say Jack of all trades, master of none, but I'll just say Jack, Jack of all trades, you know, by being Jack of all trades, it allows you to be able to fill in those gaps. If let's say you're in a team atmosphere, it allows you to fill in those gaps that your team doesn't have. So Christian, remember how, like I asked you what position that one character was in heroes of the storm. Yes. Yes. So in in League of Legends, there's typically five positions. Okay. Ask me which ones I play. Which ones do you play, Paul? Softball. All five. All five. Yeah. Depending on, so that way, depending on who I'm playing with, I can fill in wherever I need to fill in. Yep. Am I gr- am I great in any one particular role? Nope. Right. But I'm serviceable in all of them. Yep. Yep. This is a. Uh, can we charge you $150 for this psych- <laughs> therapy session or <laughs> psychoanalysis? We've got you figured out <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. No, it's very so cool. The, so like, I can't, like I was at work, you know, I, I work as a nurse. I'm in an office environment, uh, clinical environment too. Mm-hmm. But uh, the print, the printer stopped working. Right. And I'm like, okay, well we need documents for the charts and stuff. We kind of are on hold here. So they called um, engineering to find someone to fix the printer. And so while they were dialing up the engineering and trying to find this, um, I took out one of the flashlights out of my EDC, found the problem, grabbed some like long nose pliers, grabbed, got rid of the jam, reset everything. Oh, by the way, I had to unscrew uh, part of the... um, part of the printer, but I have the screwdriver set in my, in my EDC as well. So I took apart the printer, got rid of the jam, put it back together and was done before engineering showed back up. 
Yeah, that's awesome. See, it's like it's stuff like that. I'm like, I'd rather not rely on other people to get me out of jams. Sure, sure. That's and I think that's an uh, there's a spectrum, and so on the other end of that spectrum is somebody who is expert at knowing just who the right their EDC is other people and knowing the right person to 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 leverage in that situation that's true i'm not saying it's good by the way or bad i'm not making a judgment on it i'm just saying it's, it's no it makes it i think it's it makes it that you're a good guy to know in certain situations <laughs> Yeah, in certain situations. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> and in other situations, you're a terrible guy to know. Yeah, I'd rather you not be there for other situations. There's uh, there's definitely other people I'd call for that one. I could think so. of your, like, uh, your WWE like exaggerated character would be like the guy that can fix anything, but... If you ask him to fix something and he actually can't fix it, he would just freak the (laughs) fuck out and like not know where else to go and just implode on you. Then he's just like a gigantic asshole. Yeah, like he, you just don't like he can fix anything you give him, but then you just don't want to be. I wonder how many scenarios needed your EDC, but they're like, dude, get Paul. He's got that thing in his backpack. Nah, I don't want. I don't want Paul here. Yeah. You said Paul, right? I'd rather be cold. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out how to make a fire. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll never hear the end of We'll never hear the end of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's a I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> so uh any any parting and no, yeah, actually no parting thoughts. I'm gonna end like it for us right there. <laughs> but it's yeah, it was a good. Uh, it was a good sesh, right. though. Now that now that we've stopped the recording, what was that fucker's name? <laughs> <laughs>